And, and I personally know that a lot of people get scared of change. People don't want to do anything new and, and it's scary. But I, I would challenge you that it's those people that are not scared and willing to take that next step and make it a reality are the ones that are successful. I hear so many times, some of my colleagues been like, oh my gosh, I wish I had done X, Y, and Z. And I'm like, dude, I don't care if you're 80, if that's in your heart and you want to do it, just jump in there and do it. You know, don't, don't live a life of regrets. I'd rather say at age 80 or next year or this year that I failed at everything, but at least I went down punching than to say, man, I wish I, I had done it. Welcome to CEO on the go, the show about personal and professional growth for busy leaders like you. I'm Gail Lance, and I'm here to help you think differently, solve big problems, and inspire change. It's tough to do on your own and even with a team, but it is possible. So let's get started. If you've ever thought about making some kind of deliberate change in your life or your work or your business, or you think to yourself, I know I need to try something that might be completely new, or you're just thinking about reinventing yourself in some way. It's great to learn from other people who've done that successfully. So today I'm speaking with someone who's actually written a book about it, in which he shares his story and ways that you can break through some of the most difficult obstacles and setbacks in your life to invent or reinvent every stage of your life. I had a conversation with Dr. Harvey Castro. He's an emergency room physician and healthcare leader who's passionate about balancing innovative healthcare approaches with individualized patient care. And even if you're not in the healthcare field, you'll benefit from our conversation if you're even thinking remotely about some kind of reinvention. Harvey is an out-of-the-box thinker and entrepreneur. He frequently appears in the media on ABC, NBC, Fox, CBS. And so he's a great resource for people who are in the process of reinvention or who are even considering reinvention. His book is called Success Reinvention, and you can find that on Amazon. He's also created a success reinvention course that might be of interest to you. So I'll include a link to that in the show notes as well. I hope that you'll be inspired to consider whatever reinvention that is on your mind or that you think is next for you and take the action that you need to take to move forward in new ways. Enjoy my conversation with Dr. Harvey Castro. Harvey, welcome to CEO on the go podcast. I'm so glad that you're here today. Thank you for having me. I'm really excited. Yeah, well, I know you and I met uh, working on a special project together. And once I learned about your background and your experience, I thought you've got a lot to share with my people because the theme of reinvention, I think, has been front and center with a lot of people, especially during the pandemic, whether or not they admit it. Um, so many of us have been thinking about what, what should we do or be or, or you know, how can we move forward a little differently in the future? So I think what's unique about you, knowing that your background as an emergency room physician and healthcare leader turned entrepreneur. So help me understand, how, how did you make that leap moving from being a physician to, to being an entrepreneur? You've launched 20 businesses, is that right? Successful businesses? So yeah, yeah. How, how did that happen? 
Well, at heart, my goal is always to serve others. And that's why I became an emergency room physician, because I wanted to be that amazing doctor that just gave it all, their all and wasn't burnt out. And I know that sounds crazy, but for those that have gone to the ER and have had bad experiences, they know what I mean by saying some doctor that really cares and sits there at this bedside and just gives them their all. I found quickly that the system was broken and I wasn't happy with giving uh, I wasn't able to give 100% and I wasn't happy with that. So what ended up happening is I said, you know what, I'm going to create my own healthcare system. And I started with one ER and started a brand and grew it up to eight ERs. And at need of not being happy and not being satisfied, uh, gave birth to a concept which was at the time called Trusted Medical Centers. And so that grew, uh, had over 400 employees. Um, and then I'm no longer with the company. It was sold. Um, but what I would say is uh, going from doctor to business person was really just a, a need in the community that I thought we need more doctors to be leaders, but business leaders. Yeah. Interesting. So I know that when we were talking before our conversation, I had let you know that I'm working with a number of clients in healthcare, uh, among other industries, but many of them are striving to be more entrepreneurial, especially now that they're struggling because they're in a, in a large system or in a large organization where there are a lot of constraints. So what, what do you suggest to, to people in those kinds of situations where you know that they're trying to think differently and they want to, but they're kind of uh, constricted in a lot of ways? You know, I, I would also uh, add light to this question because I don't think most people think of this. Because you work in a healthcare facility, you need to look at your contract. Often they will add a section that says if you invent, come up with a solution, something, it becomes property of the healthcare system that you're with. Depending on your role, that might be a possibility. And if that's the case, you may want to look into that because you may have to give that idea up to the hospital. Uh, assuming that that's not the case, uh, how to even start with um, an entrepreneurship? I really think it all starts with the problem. You know, what problems are in the hospital? For example, when I was working in the ER, um, this was, I'm going to date myself, this was before the first iPhone. Uh, I came up with an app that was called IV Meds, and basically it was a solution to a problem. My problem was uh, in the emergency room, we had people crashing, and I had to give them a certain medication, and it was through the IV. Uh, and when I would tell the nurse, she would get a textbook out and look at the, how much rate she would give and what exact um, concentration. And I told her, gosh, this person's dying. Like, I need this yesterday. We, we can't wait. So there was a problem. And so I came up with the app that literally they would open the app, put in their weight, and then boom, there was their titration. And so I would say the same thing back to you. Look at your environment. Look what's there. What's a problem in your environment? And then fix it. And by fixing it, that could be a business idea. The other thing I always say is, Technology changes the way we do things. So maybe there's a concept in another industry that they've already fixed. And maybe that same concept, that new invention, that new product line, that new process can now be applied in your environment. And boom, now you have a, an idea. And so the key there is always think outside the box. So that would be my advice. Yeah. It seems like it comes naturally to you, Harvey. <laughs> so I'm wondering what the secret is and on a practical level, what that might look like for people who, who maybe don't consider themselves to be uh, creative thinkers or innovative thinkers. Uh, and especially they're so busy, there's a lot of burnout. Um, you know, I often think it's good just to, to try to spark some conversation with just a, a few people, just a small group to try to get a kernel of an idea that they can build on. I love that idea. 
One advice there would be to, when you do your circle of people to talk about a problem or a concept, ideally don't pick everybody in your department, purposely pick somebody in another industry, because I love saying this to people. I love working with people that I call them like um, in their minds or children. And I, and let me explain, they, they look at a problem as a child. If you talk to a child about problems, they tell you the funniest solutions, but they're sincere and they're not biased. And so by having somebody outside the industry or someone that thinks outside the box, they will look at the problem fairly, as opposed to if everybody in the room has the same background, they'll approach the problem the same and they'll have similar biases. And those biases are usually limitations in the invention or in the progress. So I would challenge you to always think outside the box and not get caught up in what I call groupthink, you know, because someone says this and then all of a sudden someone's scared to say something. But in these kind of sessions, you need to be open. Yeah, that's great advice. And it might take some time to find just the right people, but it's worth it because you'll you'll come out with a higher quality idea that you can implement. Um, in terms of looking ahead and trends and all that, it seems like I remember in another conversation, you med- you mentioned how quickly you were able to pivot with a business that you were running, kind of anticipating what was happening with the pandemic. Can you speak to that? Because I think a lot of people would like to understand what that process looked like, what the thinking was behind it and how you could move so quickly. You know, I was blessed in that I was working at the time at a healthcare organization that I basically managed and had the vision and and created a, a basically a movement. And so for me to pivot when COVID happened was fairly easy. You know, working sometimes for big giants is tough because you have to tell your supervisor, they have to call the hospital head and then tell the regional, then it goes to national. And by the time it gets implemented, it may be a year later or two, and then it's kind of lost. And so at the time, unfortunately, with COVID, um, I knew the writing in the wall was really clear. And I said to my team at the time, I said, we need to change our business model. Uh, this is not going away. And half the table was like, oh, no, by August, COVID will be nothing. I said, no. Let's gear the company to do business a new way. And it's the COVID world now. And what I did at the time, this was uh, in March, that we need to start testing people and the tests were sparse. And I said, we were lucky to have testing. Let's go into different businesses and just test people. And that would be a business that we can create. And so we pivoted by, we had never done testing. We changed the ERs to testing. And then on top of that, we started going out to the community and testing different big businesses and, and helping. And that was something how, you know, we were just doing ER business. That's totally against what we normally would do, um, but that was kind of new. And now that's something normal. Uh, we also started pushing telemedicine. I said, people are scared to get out of the house. Let's make sure we go to them. And if they really need to, then they can come to us. And so that was another way um, that answers your question. Yeah, no, it just sounds like you're following your own advice of what is the next problem and figuring out how you can solve it and then moving quickly to try to take some action around that. So I'm, I'm curious to know, do you see any other specific trends that you think are impacting healthcare at the moment that are noteworthy to talk about or to reflect on? Yeah. What do you see? I, I honestly think we're moving to a society of more self-awareness. We're moving towards uh, more gadgets. I know my weight is thrown to my phone, my Apple watch and my phone talk and you know, how many calories am I burning? Am I eating right? How much water? There's, there's all these technologies that are becoming a daily part of our lives. And I think that is the trend. And I think the big healthcare companies 
uh, are looking towards that. And they're trying to um, individualize medicine. So there's more now 23andMe, you know, the genetic testing, how is it specific to you? And they're starting to push more therapies that are directly towards you. So example, if you have low vitamin D, uh, based on testing, whatnot, then they're going to give you all the suggestions. And moving forward, they're going to start targeting certain medications will work better or certain doses towards you. The other trend that I see is obviously telemedicine is big. And with that said, I foresee more and more gadgets uh, that will help aid the physician. So eventually you'll be able to, you know, have your temperature and uh, all those things automatically. I know this is kind of digressing a little bit in Japan, they have, and this sounds a little gross, but they do have a special toilet that will analyze uh, your elimination and kind of keep track of where you are. So, you know, your minerals, your vitamins, any disease, anything. And I thought, you know, that's actually very progressive because now you can see where you're at. And sometimes a lot of things in medicine, if you catch them early, you can do things. So if you were able to screen for certain things early, or if you knew genetically that that's what's going to happen in the future, like, for example, my grandfather and my great grandfather had macular degeneration, and I actually tested myself and I actually have the gene that I'm more predisposed to that condition. So long story short, I'm taking certain vitamins, I'm keeping an, uh, no pun intended, an eye on my situation. And uh, I'm hoping that, you know, by the time I'm 80, 70, I'm not having those conditions. So I think healthcare moving forward will continue individualizing and pushing telemedicine to the point where it's almost like you'll have your virtual doctor at your house. Yeah, that's that's incredible to even think about. And I encourage other people who are listening who aren't in healthcare to consider some of the trends that are affecting their industry so that they can really do all of their strategic planning and visioning around what they anticipate will be happening in the future. Um, it's so hard with a lot of people just trying to keep up with the day-to-day and manage whatever the, the changes of the day are. So thinking ahead and anticipating those trends is so important. I wanted to shift gears a little bit. We've been talking about you know business reinvention, but there's also so much thinking about personal reinvention and what you do with your life and your work. And you mentioned you, you've just sold your business. So you're at a point where you're rethinking things. What is that process like for you? You know, I've always been a, a chess player. At, <laughs> I always like thinking ahead and what can I do? And I don't want to call myself a perfectionist, but I always want to take the most pride in my work. And so, yes, I'm an emergency room doctor. Uh, and I felt that with my business background, I needed more. So I wanted to reinvent myself. So I went back to school, got my MBA last year, uh, wrote a book about how to reinvent yourself and how my business, my business experiences and my personal experience and how that affected me today. And so how does that look now that uh, the company is sold? I honestly feel like that's a blessing in disguise. Uh, so often it's hard to do something when obviously you have family commitments, children, spouse, uh, family, and then work, you know, you can come home just exhausted from work. So the last thing you want to do is add another job, which is in the future that you want to create X, Y, and Z. So I feel personally, I feel in a, in a good place because uh, right now that business is gone. And so now it gives me the opportunity to reinvent myself now. Obviously, I, I've been in healthcare, so I'd like to continue doing healthcare. And so I'm looking at what industries in the future will do very well and what um, businesses that I can start today that could be really big tomorrow. And so currently, I'm in the process of evaluating different industries in healthcare and seeing how I could create a product that 
would be COVID resistant. So if COVID happens and we're in shutdown, will this business survive? And so those are the things that I'm looking into currently, which is kind of fun. And, and I personally know that a lot of people get scared of change. People don't want to do anything new and, and it's scary, but I, I would challenge you that it's those people that are not scared and willing to take that next step and make it a reality are the ones that are successful. I hear so many times, so my colleagues been like, oh my gosh, I wish I had done X, Y, and Z. And I'm like, dude, I don't care if you're 80, if that's in your heart and you want to do it, just jump in there and do it. You know, don't, don't live a life of regrets. I'd rather say at age 80 or next year or this year that I failed at everything, but at least I went down punching than to say, man, I wish <laughs> I, I had done it. <laughs> yeah. I can relate to that. I feel like I've done a lot of uh, personal and business reinvention over the years. So it is kind of a way of being when you look at it that way, that this is, this is the norm to be constantly changing and growing and looking at something new that you want to do. So um, I think you're in, a, in an exciting place right now. Is, is your thought process mainly on your own or do you have other people that you're turning to to have conversations with? Because a lot of people feel like it can be such a, you know, a solitary kind of process that they're going through. Sometimes they feel like they're the only one. But Honestly, it's, it's hard. It's, it's a catch-22. I, I don't want to share too much with certain people because then I unfortunately don't want them to run with the idea. So like, ooh, that's a good idea. The other angle to that is I do believe we all need mentors and we all need people that we can trust to help us to grow. That's the only true way of, of succeeding. Um, I know that no one person is good at everything. So you need to figure out what you're good at and then either hire someone and, and be careful legally with them not competing against you, or you have to just trust. And that's such a big part of this business world that you need to be able to trust people that are going to do business with you. I, I enjoy the part of reinvention. I, I feel like it's a lifelong learning. Uh, I tell my kids all the time, the day that you tell me that you've made it or that that you think you're the best, I know that you're on your way back down because now, now you're you're not being humble or you're not trying or you think you've reached the max. And, and I feel like we never get there. It's just this constant, uh, I talk about in the book, this constant productive ladder where you're just trying to go up that ladder, but the ladder goes to infinity and there is no time. Like you don't have to get there tomorrow or a year. You know, I'll share a quick story. When, when I was in uh, high school, I told myself, I'm going to be a doctor. I'm going to be a lawyer and I'm going to be a congressman and I'm going to own a couple of businesses. And so I did the doctor thing. I'm still doing it. I own businesses. Uh, and then now I got my MBA. Now, as far as law degree and, and uh, going for Congress, I do. I do want to run. Uh, I think <laughs> I think I'm still young somewhat. Uh, I'm gonna. I'm, that's my last career. So, you know, when I'm hit my late fifties, sixties, uh, I'd like to run for Congress, and then that'd be my my next stage in my life. Oh, that's exciting. Yeah. Well, clearly, I know that you you're so driven to help people in a variety of ways, and I love the fact that you're open to not being locked into any specific identity either, because I think that that's such a key for people who become. Um, too locked into a specific identity that can really limit them. You know, I love that you just said that. I'm oh, sorry, I was just thinking like, I have met, and I hate to pick on doctors because I'm a doctor, but I have met doctors that they, I don't want to say they're full of themselves, but they learn so much and they feel like they've made such an accomplishment that they've kind of lost why they became a doctor and why they're giving to others. And and I, at some point, I feel this is, I talk about this a lot. It's about goals. And I feel like their goal was to become a doctor. And once they got there, they kind of don't have goals. They just are fine. And that's fine for some people. But 
I think you lose, they lost their drive. And I think if they were as hungry as they were when they were younger to get into med school now, they would be even 10 times more successful and happy because they would use all that energy to reinvent themselves and to be humble and to kind of keep going. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you really do have an inspiring message. So can you share more about how people can find your book and some of the other resources that you've developed so that if they're interested in learning more, they can, they can find that. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. I wrote a book called Success Reinvention. It is on Amazon and it's also, there's a paperback, Kindle and Audible edition. Uh, It's actually in a couple of languages, Spanish, English, Portuguese. And then I did a book um, kind of, uh, some people like to listen. Some people like to read. I created a video course on my website, harveycastromd.info. And basically it's the book, but it's video, there's text. um, And I figured that would maybe another way of learning. My end goal with the book was not to become rich or anything like that, was to help other kids like me. I was a, I was born from a mom that was 15, grew up in the inner cities of New York in poverty. And I thought, man, I became successful. I need to share these things with others. I need to like put it out there in the world and let them read and see so they can help other children out there or other single parents or help motivate. And that was the motivation behind the book was never really anything for me other than just a gift to others. And that was my goal. Absolutely. Well, I encourage whoever's listening to to check that out. And it's interesting that you say you have the information available in so many different formats. I just recently did a podcast on the value of lifelong learning and emphasized how people learn differently. So this is a good continuation of, of that kind of theme. So good. Well, are there any final pieces of advice or encouragement to people who know in their hearts that they need to be thinking differently, doing some kind of reinvention, but don't really know how to start, what what would you say? I would say take time away from everyone. I know that sounds weird, but our phones uh, and push notification, Facebook, Instagram, uh, text, I would say find some time, put your phone away, go for a walk, watch the sunset, go to the beach, do something that motivates you, inspires you, and just take your time. My other favorite phrase is just sleep on it. You know, you don't have to come up with the solution today. And and believe it or not, from a doctor point of view, there is some science behind sleeping on it in the sense that your brain may be processing it and thinking about it. You don't think about it. Often you'll have a problem and you'll wake up the next day and you're like, gosh, why didn't I think about this yesterday? Well, guess what? Your brain was thinking about it all night. You don't know about it, but it was. So, so when you're looking at solutions, you're looking at problems, go for a walk, but then also sleep on it. And then I promise you the next day, the following, you'll wake up and be like, huh, I see things a little differently. And then the last thing is don't be biased. Look at it like a child. Think of what others would say and think at it from a different industry. You'll be shocked how many solutions there are if you just take away your biases. And then this will be my last, last advice. Have fun in the process. Like life is short. Make sure you spend time with your loved ones, your kids, whoever, and just make sure you just live because you don't know if you're here tomorrow. And so you want to make sure you, yes, we're busy. We have a life. We have all this stuff, but you don't forget the fundamentals and that's whatever is around you and your family. Yeah. Oh, that's wonderful. Well, I knew we met for a reason. So I'm so glad that you've shared your insights today and a little bit of your experience. I know it will be helpful and and timely, especially with people who are thinking about all these issues. So thank you so much, Harvey, for, for joining me today. Yeah. Thank you so much. And this was fun. If I can be of help, come to my website or shoot me a text, whatever. I will. I will. So for everyone else listening in today, I hope that you have a great rest of the week doing the work that matters to you and reinventing yourself in the ways that you need to. 
Keep me posted. Thanks for tuning in. And as always, feel free to share this episode with someone else who might benefit or leave a review. Be sure to connect with me on LinkedIn or visit workmatters.com. You might also want to check out the Social Movement TV show, a bold new docuseries that brings together entrepreneurs from all over the world to solve impossible world problems. I'll be featured in season two, and you can learn more by visiting workmatters.com forward slash social movement. Until next time, keep growing as a leader and doing the work that matters to you.